Welcome to the Kenosha City Church Podcast. Is cussing really a big deal? In this message, Pastor Andy talks about the difference between taking God's name in vain, cussing, and cursing others. Enjoy the message. Uh, is it really a big deal to cuss? <laughs> so these will be all over the place. All right. Uh, maybe you're laughing because there's some cussers in the house. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, so whatever question that we have, especially can I questions, the basis of these questions must be, God, what is going to give you maximum glory? What is going to give you the maximum honor? Jesus speaks of the words that come out of our mouth. We see this in Luke chapter 6, verse 44. Luke chapter 6, verse 44. He says this, For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from the thorn bushes, or grapes are picked from, uh, from the bramble bush. A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil per, a person produces evil out of the evil stored up from his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. So Jesus is saying this. He's like, what comes out of your mouth is like, oh, where'd that come from? Or oops, sorry about my French. Okay, right? Where'd that come from? It came from your heart. The overflow of your heart, these are things that your heart have been storing for a while. And so the big idea of is a really big deal to cuss is our words reveal our heart. Our words reveal our heart. Our speech as Christians should be pure. And, and by the way, that's not just a Christian idea. There are, are certain words in society that are not allowed even on, on certain hours of TV or newscasts or your teachers or you know, elementary school teachers at least anyway. Uh, kids shows, pastors, you name it. And there are certain words that if your five-year-old, uh, uh, just say you have kids, your five-year-old kid or grandkid, if they were to say some four-letter words, you'd, you would be appalled. You'd, be, uh, you'd say, well, where did you hear that from? As Christians, our words reflect what we believe and what's going on currently in our hearts. Now, I often hear people say, well, I, I, I say, you know, only certain words around friends that it just doesn't matter to them or around people where it's not as offensive. You've heard this, right? I think it's closely revealed to what happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas, right? You know, I just around certain friends and, you know, then I let the four-letter words go. But, you know, I don't let it go when I'm, you know, at church. Right? Congratulations. But here's our standard. We've lowered our standards so badly. Our standard is this. Does God like it? Does God like it? I mean, this is a standard for anything that we do. Does, does God like it? Remember, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere, right? He's everywhere. He can see you. Right? You feel like someone's watching you, right? Yes, he, the Lord, God Almighty. Yet I've even heard pastors tell me this in private. You know, they're just certain words that just don't express the emotion unless you say, bah! And he's right. You hear somebody, especially they don't cuss very often, they cuss, they're like, whoa, they're really mad. But that, listen, it's not about who you're around or the circumstances you find yourself in or if you want to make a pop. It's about what does God like? It's not about you. It's not about something else. Your words matter, and our words should always make the most of Almighty God. Wayne Grudem in his book, a Christian Ethics, is a great, uh, gives a great section on this. He gives three broad categories of which the Bible and society would consider cussing. Uh, they are, the three categories are this, taking the Lord's name in vain, cursing, and cussing, all right? Let's talk about those three categories. Let's talk about taking God's name in vain. Taking God's name in vain. This is prohibited in the Ten Commandments, right? It is the third command of the Ten Commandments. It states this in Exodus chapter 20, verse seven. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, 
because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. And some of you are like, woo right? <laughs> Any use of God's name that's irreverent, flippant, or dishonorable is taking the Lord's name in vain. To take, uh, to, to, that word vain in the Hebrew means to lift up to nothingness, which literally, you could translate it this way, don't lift up the name of God to worthlessness. Saying, oh my God, saying Jesus as an expletive should never be spoken by a Christian or non-Christians, really. It is a direct sin against the glory of God. Now, someone may say, well, it's no big deal. I mean, come on, it's, it's one of the least of these. Uh, you, you might think that. The groupings that you might be with might think that. I've heard pastors say, oh my God, as, a, as an expletive a number of times. And I'm like, you know who doesn't like that? He made it one of his 10, the Lord. The Lord doesn't like that. He doesn't want his name being lifted up to nothingness. You see, in the Bible, the name refers to the entire reputation of somebody. It's why when Judas betrayed Jesus, many of the people named Judas at the time went by Jude. So we're not to use God's name flippantly or as an expletive or an explanation. But we can also take God's name in vain when we tell jokes about him. I mean, there's no shortage of, of movies or shows or even cartoons. Come on, family guy, right? That regularly make fun of Jesus. And this should be avoided. That doesn't mean that comedy is wrong. It doesn't mean uh, that, that Christian comedians are banned, not at all. It doesn't mean that we can't be joking and lighthearted. And it doesn't mean that we can be lighthearted about things of life. But when it comes to the name of God, it's off limits. Listen, comedy and joking, we, if it's about ourselves, we can take ourselves a lot less serious, right? It, it, that's, that's why it's, it's okay as long as it's not derogatory or it's cutting somebody down at somebody else's expense. Comedy is fine if it's, you know, making fun of the weather, right? But if you're making fun of God, off limits. Another way that we can use God's name in vain is if we speak falsehood in God's name, get, saying that God approves certain things that the Bible otherwise would say uh, is evil. Hypocrisy could be taking God's name in vain, whether, whether it's just your, your faith is just outward, but inside it's completely different. Having a Messiah complex could be taking uh, God's name in vain, where you feel like you're the Savior, that you have the corner market on the things of the Word of God, that only you can, can rescue people. That's taking God's name in vain. False prophecy, when people have a prophetic word in the name of the Lord, but it's not of God, it's of the flesh or of the enemy, that is taking God's name in vain. And that's why whenever I hear someone say, thus saith the Lord, it's like, uh, you better be careful there, right? I think it's way more important, like when you believe that God is leading you into something, that's saying, hey, I believe God is leading, or God is uh, just kind of, you know, leading me this direction, or, or maybe God is saying, you always leave an out, because listen, if you say something in the name of God and it's wrong, it's not, who God, it's not God who's wrong, it's you. And when you do that, you're taking God's name in vain, so always have humility when you feel like God is doing something. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. What about the replacement words? Oh my gosh, good golly, right? I don't want to be legalistic here. Uh, by the way, saying you shouldn't say oh my God as an expletive is, is not legalism, it's command. Legalism is like where we kind of go into gray areas again. So what about, oh my gosh, 
good golly. Some of you are like, uh, kids, don't, don't say that. Like, okay, that, you, you, you sort that out. I think there is some virtue in replacement words because you don't want to say the real word. Okay, there is some virtue in that, right? And so you need to sort out and have conviction. Okay, when, when I am surprised by something, what should come out of my mouth? And so uh, some of you have replacement words. Oh, my gosh, good golly. Oh, oh goodness, what, what, whatever, you know. So don't take the Lord's name in vain. That's number one. The second uh, uh, sort of words that come out of our mouth that shouldn't is cursing. James talks about this in James chapter three, verse eight. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine producing figs? Neither can salt water spring yield fresh water. Cursing words are words that condemn people to judgment. Cursing is the desire with our own words and even internal thoughts and words that we want to see people literally go into judgment into hell. Or meet God's wrath instead of repenting and getting right with God. You see, when people are far from God or, or people are opposing you or, or, or people are, are, are outright an enemy to the cross of, of Christ, our first prayer should be that they repent and get right with God. Not that they go to hell, right? Uh, not that they meet their eternal judgment. Not at all. That is God's job. Our job is to give the gospel forever and ever and ever on repeat until Jesus Christ comes back. Amen? Cursing. It's you being the judge and not God. You know, Christians, we fight over pretty petty things sometimes, don't we? Christians are, are willing proverbially to, uh, to blow up the place with a, uh, blow up the mission with a suicide vest of words to get their way. For instance, years ago, years ago, this person's now and in, in, uh, has now departed, someone got so angry at me. Uh, for, for making a small decision in the church. I wasn't even the main guy. And they met me in the hallway and they said, I will call down fire from hell on you. I said, oh? And he says, and if that doesn't work, I'll take you to the parking lot and bloody you. I wish I could say over the course of 20 years, that's the only time Christians have threatened violence against me or my family. Not so. I'm running out of hands. But the thing is this. Cursing is something we have a big problem with, not only in secular society, but also as Christians. Why? Why as Christians? You see, secular society, they use hell as a byword. I'll get to that in a moment. But as Christians, we can become so self-righteous, we begin to think we can be the judge, and we can pronounce judgment, uh, eternal judgment, and forsake people when that's never our job. Amen? And we can begin to say all sorts of crazy things. Anger comes out and it curses others. It's why Jesus said, if you hate your brother and sister in your heart, it is as good as murder. Cursing is an attempted eternal murder of someone we are mad at for whatever it is. It can be an emotion, but in culture, the phrase that expresses this desire to cast someone in hell should never 
be uttered by a Christian. And this is what it is. It is literally using the D word. You know what word I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the Hoover Dam. I'm talking about a different one, right? Okay. Um, and then I'm talking, and then also when someone says, go to, and you know where I'm talking about, right? Uh, sometimes people will use hell as a byword or as an explanation. And I think that these words are unfortunate uh, because what ends up happening is some Christians cuss the word of hell more than warn others about it. These are serious places, and they should never become a byword and ever come out of the mouth of a Christian, which leaves us to cussing. This is the general cussing, and we'll move on to the next question after this. Ephesians 4.29 says, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear cussing. Uh, these are words that society generally uh, finds offensive. Uh, these are words that are bleeped out on TV. Again, these are words that you would not want your five-year-old to say. These are words that are NS, uh, NSFW, not safe for work, right? Even though people are, uh, people are like, bad words don't matter. It's like, oh yeah, well you can get fired by your boss if you watch that YouTube video laden with, with a bunch of four-letter words, right? But again, it's not about what the people around you think or your circumstances. Do these words give honor to God? Does he like it? And today we're living in the wild west of language. Words that were typically bleeped during the day, now through social media and TikTok, you can probably hear hundreds and hundreds of four-letter words and it's not even lunchtime. It is true that scripture does not have a list of bad modern English words, but we do have the principle and standard set before us. Again, Ephesians 4.29. No foul language should come from your mouth or your translations may say let no unwholesome words come from your mouth it is unwholesome it reminds me of milk you buy wholesome pasteurized milk right have you ever grabbed a carton of milk or you poured milk in a glass and you didn't look at it and you took a big old swig and you're like why is this cottage cheese right <laughs> and you're not like oh well whatever i guess it's a new variety but no you're like you spit it out you're like gross Ugh! That is so disgusting. Who didn't throw the milk out, right? That's exactly what our words are that are not wholesome. They come out of our mouth. They come from a, a, a bitter, or they come from a dark place in our heart. And the people that hear it, they're like, whoa, right? They don't have worth. It shouldn't come from our mouth. Only the words that build God up and give grace towards others. So what is obscene in our culture today? They usually have to do with three categories. And no, I'm not going to say words. I don't think we should. I, I, when people are like, hey, could you tell me what this person said? I don't repeat it because I don't want it getting my vernacular, right? And heaven forbid, you know, when I've spent a lot of times in hospitals this last month. And when you're around hospital rooms, uh, you hear a lot of four-letter words from patients that they've lost their filter. I'm like, heaven forbid, when I lose my filter, I want to be clean, all right? So... But three words or three categories of words that are usually obscene in culture usually have to do with bathroom function, sexual activity, or making fun of people groups. Bathroom functions, for instance, uh, you may have the polite, right? You may have the polite, and then you may have uh, what's called the, the common, right? If you're taking your dog out, it's like, go clean up the dog poop, right? That is, that is, that, that, that would be the common language, but what ends up happening is people begin to take it to the cussing standard, the standard that is bleeped on television, and then what people typically do is they then drop it into everyday language, right? They'll even put words, sacred words, and, and put these sacred words in front of bathroom functions. 
You know, what we say God is holy, society says something else is holy. And so bathroom functions, then you have sexual activity. Again, this is a word that is usually the granddaddy of them all that would never be uttered by anybody. Now it's everywhere. It's a four-letter word. I'm not even gonna say the first letter of the word, but you know what word I'm talking about. People use this word as an adjective, verb, and a noun. And it's, it's, it's describing an action uh, that, is, that, that we see, that one flesh unity of a man and woman in marriage, it makes it into just something flippant. Again, an adjective, a noun, a verb, it just makes it absolutely flippant. And aren't we seeing sexual activity in culture today just be made flippant and do whatever you want with it, right? And it's being reflected in our language. We're like, oh, it doesn't matter. It does matter because it comes from the heart. That's what Jesus said. And then making fun of people groups, whether it's ethnicity, whether it's groups of people you don't like, uh, whether it's even, uh, even thought processes and ideologies that we, even the Bible would speak against, that doesn't mean that we name call. That doesn't mean we say certain slurs against people that we don't like. That is unbecoming of a Christian. So using these words make you more like the world than people seeing a difference of Christ in you. Uh, often it has been noted, study after study shows that when society deteriorates in morality into more sinful activity, worse language follows. So the bottom line is this, what will your words tell others about you? This is what I hope your words tell you. It's in Philippians chapter four, verse eight. This is what I hope people see in your words. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. I hope that your language that comes out of your mouth is praiseworthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I'm not telling you that, uh, I'm not, we could, I'm sure we could have 35 questions from this. I would love to send them, all right? Facebook us. Facebook us some questions or, send, or connect with us on the app. This goes with any one of our questions. Uh, but again, our words matter. Our, our words matter. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have to be like, okay, oh, I hope this word comes. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. We're talking about, you know, we're talking about taking the Lord's name in vain. We're talking about cursing people. We're talking about the cuss words, all right? And so, and, and talking about name calling other people, all right? We shouldn't be doing any of that. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to know more about Kenosha City Church, then check us out online at kenosha.church or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Kenosha City Church. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to follow us so that you never have to miss an episode. At Kenosha City Church, we are not perfect people, but real people being made new through Jesus.